if somebody's drinking the coffee, you'd be like, oh, this is what, you know, this is the flavor notes I'm getting. And then you see that, like, even the most average coffee consumer, you see the uh-huh wheels start moment. there. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, that, that aha, uh-huh, and they're like, yeah. I do taste that. And then they're more aware of, like, hey, this isn't just a cup of brown energy water. Yeah. There's actually some some nuanced flavors in there that now they're they're coming in. They're like, okay, well, I don't want to drink it with cream or sugar. I want to start tasting these notes. So yeah. uh, that's that's my favorite part about sitting there and serving someone the coffee. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and you're listening to Coffee 101, brought to you by Humble Coffee. Coffee 101 is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know about coffee. Season 2 takes us on coffee's journey from shelf to sip. And today, today starts a three-part series on what it takes to make the perfect cup of coffee at home. So the things that you need and the tools and the tricks to make that perfect cup. So really, all of season two, probably for the most part, could be boiled down to these three episodes. So I'm excited to get into it. How about you, Katie? Yeah. What do you think makes, what, what do you think you need to make the best coffee at home? Um, coffee? That's, yes. Ding, just, ding, ding. Yeah, just putting a wild guess out there. Yeah, that's one of the things. Um, Some sort of milk, whether that is oat, almond, or normal. And there's a way other, there's a bunch of others. But yes. Yeah, creamer. Just something like, you might just want it black all the time. And if so, I applaud you. You're doing better than me. But for most everyone, some sort of milk. And then the third thing I would say, it's just like something to make it with. I yeah, suppose. yeah. Oh, but, a mug too. Well, okay. Let's let's talk about those two things. So, something oh, to make it with. Let's talk about it. Something to make it with. Okay. Like do... like what? Like like if you were, like let's just say, not that this just happened, uh-huh. but let's say right before we start recording this, we think we really need some caffeine. Yeah. Like, do you think a brewer makes a difference in like? You know, being something that's essential to actually making that good cup. Yes. And what did I use? Do you remember what I used to make our coffee? Um, an Aeropress. <laughs> an Aeropress. Use an Aeropress. That's right. Because Katie asked me, she said, "I want something that's kind of like a shot of espresso." Right. But I don't have an espresso maker at home, right. and so I said, "Well, I said probably closest thing I have is an Aeropress." I said yeah. so. So we'll do an air press, and I did mine black, and uh-huh. you tell them what you did. I we we're trying to figure out how to make shaken espresso, so we try to do that. And how's it taste? It tastes pretty good, actually. It doesn't taste like. I'm sorry, guys. I do go to Starbucks a lot, but it doesn't taste like the one I get, which is if you ever go get the brown sugar oat milk shaken espresso, it's the best thing there. Doesn't taste exactly like it, but it I like it better than just what I usually do, which is just like coffee with just natural vanilla creamer in it. Gotcha. So I like this better. It's just like milk, brown sugar, the coffee with the air press, and then it has 
a little bit of vanilla creamer in it, but it's really just like mostly milk. Yeah. So. Yep. And for mine, I used a lighter roast because it was a, because I was just drinking it straight black. Um, And we'll get into it these next three episodes Mm -hmm. that that factors in um, as far as how you choose what roast you want. And you, for you, I had a little bit of a darker roast because I think it did did yeah, better. I like darker roasts. I like how they taste better. Yeah, it, it. I think it does better with milk. Although some would argue, they would say you can do a lighter roast with milk, which you can. But um, that's just like kind of just a thing. We kind of like mellow it out in a bad way. Uh, well, what it does is it's hard to what I would call cut. Um, like into like between the milk and the coffee. Yeah. Um. Just it just doesn't. Sometimes it might not mix well, depending on how light the coffee is. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but today, I don't know how, but it does. Today we're going to have the first of three parts with Michael Matthews with Alenia Coffee Roasters Ooh. out of New Orleans, and he has many other little um, little side hustles, side hustles that are okay. really cool, and we'll talk about in the show. Nice. Um, Michael is the perfect person for this because he is a one on one or like like we are. He really loves learning about coffee. Um and he, like I, have tons of little brewing things at our house, little gadgets. Um and uh so yeah, we just kinda geeked out um for a three part series on, on how to make the best coffee at home and what you need. I think this is honestly I just thought about this, but I feel like this is going to be, like, some of the most, like, streamed episodes. I think so, too. Because I feel like this is really what people, like, want to learn about. Yeah. Well, and that's what, I mean, we, so we have two, I would say two audiences. One is we want to, the main audience is we want this to be coffee education for what I call the coffee curious. So consumers out there, Mm -hmm. anybody who just wants to know more about coffee. And that's what we love. We love educating and then the other is for people who are starting to get into or even have been in the industry, coffee industry, and they just want to learn more. Right. This is like a, it, let's say that you're a cafe owner. Mm-hmm. You can just plug the employees, especially the new employees, in right. to Coffee 101. And they'll like know some about it. Yeah, and they can just, this is like turnkey, like it's totally free. And people can just listen and yeah. just chronologically learn. Right. And also, even season if, one on. Yeah. Even if, like, you didn't. I mean, all the episodes are labeled about, like. Right. If you wanted to just learn about coffee processing, like we've got a couple on that. Stuff. Or the history. Those right. are some really cool episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like this is, like, because, like, no one's really done a podcast like this before, have they? Maybe they have. I don't know. No. No, they haven't. Anyways, but I feel like it'll be really cool. Yeah. Um, that people just get to, like, learn about it. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I know that's what it's for, but like. Yeah, it's fun. I think it's cool. All right. So three episodes, and this will start us off. It is with Michael Matthews of Alenia Coffee Roasters. Michael, good to have you on the show today. Uh, thanks for having me, Kenneth. It's a pleasure. All right. I thought, I thought like, okay, if I could get like the guy who I think is probably the most excited about just chit-chatting about coffee and coffee at home and what it takes to make the best cup. I was like, I'm going to ask my friend Michael down in New Orleans. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, it's it's something I'm I'm extremely passionate about. I think anybody that has has been to my house is probably alarmed at the amount of <laughs> coffee doors, stuff. The amount of coffee I have. I, I, I'm looking at my counter right now. I think I have about 20 or 25 bags of coffee that I've either gotten in the mail or brought home from the U.S. Coffee Championships qualifier. So yeah. Always tinkering, always tasting, and yeah, I think I think that's all of us as like coffee nerds, um, or you know, we'll we'll say like coffee one hundred and one ers, like our listeners out there. Um, you know, we just love coffee, and there's all these different ways that you can brew it, and there's all these different ways that you can uh, just change things up um, and bring out different different stuff. Um, and the coffee itself, my, my coffee area is about the same. My wife, uh, you know, every once in a while, she tells me that I need to either get rid of some of it or like, like clean it up a little bit. So I never get rid of it. She may think that I get, got rid of it, but, um, I just hide it somewhere else. So I just got a siphon brewer the other day. I have a siphon brewer and absolutely love it. I, it is like the the geekery of geekery. But we it's, can... it's such it's such a conversation piece. When I was down in Cape Town in South Africa, all of the specialty uh, roasteries down there, most of them had mostly just siphon brewers for a lot of the filter coffee. And yeah, uh, that was I had always seen them and actually seeing them use like an uh, an infrared burner to like temperature control and everything it's it watching people walk in and and just you know their jaw drops are like yeah what is that (laughs) what is that i need to have that i don't even know and you really you can really get a great tasting cup of coffee using those but it's just not too common and i think you know people see that they're like oh i'll probably never have coffee of it but i've had some incredibly good coffee on it and the one i have in my house i haven't you know, I, I tinker with it a little bit, but yeah. I feel like I'm mostly mostly using like a flatbed brewer or like a yeah. cone or a brewer. But yeah, I bring mine out on either if I have friends over or if um uh like on Sunday mornings, and I'll just like do it. Um, but before we get to brewers, which would be kind of you know one of the main points of this home essentials, let's talk about water. So is water important? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. T- tell me about water. Why is water important? Water is important because based on the mineral content of the water you're using, it can either extract the the good stuff from the coffee or it can not extract the good stuff from the coffee. And I would always recommend not using sink water mm-hmm. on any, at least especially in New Orleans on any of your coffee brewers, we have such a high calcium uh, level in our water that that will, uh, you know, if you ever open up your coffee brewer after a while and you have been using sink water, you're probably going to notice some white mineral deposits um, maybe on the, the water coils or, you know, where you put water in it. And that will completely start to, um, break your machine over time and wear away at it. And you you might see different, different companies or at the grocery store, some coffee, the scaler solution. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much what you're going to be pouring into the machine to kind of break down some of those mineral deposits. But 
Um, I always, I, th- I think there are a lot of uh, different options for kind of getting into um, different water to use for coffee. I think the, if, if you're just the average home coffee consumer and you're not looking to get too intricate or, you know, too far down the wormhole, I think you're better off using some kind of filtered water, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's, you know, spring water from the, the grocery store or reverse osmosis water or distilled water. I think those are kind of your best options in terms of starting before looking at different uh, mineral additive packets that you can get kind of that some of these specialty coffee companies will make. Yeah. And it's, it, it really makes a huge difference. Water is something that I, I didn't really worry about when I was first getting into coffee. Cause you're like, you're so focused on what kind of coffee you're getting or the flavor notes on the bag. And sometimes I'm like, well, I'm reading these flavor notes and I'm not tasting any of these things. Yeah. This coffee just tastes really flat, really dull, lifeless. There's not too much complexity. You can't really like pick out one flavor or another. Uh, and then as I started getting into it, I slowly started with using filtered water and I was like, all right, well, this tastes a little bit different than the sink water. And um, what really helped me was I got one of those peak water filters, uh-huh. um, which are, are pretty available wherever, but uh, it, they come with some little test strips for your sink water. And based on the level, it will tell uh, the, the mineral reading you get, it'll be like, Hey, there's some different, not there's like a little not- yeah. notch wheel on top of the peak uh, filter basket. Yeah. And you can, it'll be like, cool, put it here. And, I, I remember using the sink water and then using the sink water that I had run through the peak filter and I brewed two pour overs next to each other and it was night and day. Yeah. And that was enough for me to be like, okay, water really is important. You know, something important in this, this whole thing because you know, your cup is 98% water. And, and if you're not taking care of the initial thing, that's going to be going through the coffee. I think having the best water, and the best coffee you can have paired together is going to give you the best uh, cup, you know, final cup. But um, I think, you know, water is is so essential to pulling out the the right compounds from the coffee to, you know, get the most desirable cup that you're going to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, And and the, um, you know, like you said, water is 98% of your cup. And I'm actually, uh, and this this episode 101ers is is really kind of a baseline to then set the pace for a lot of what we're going to talk about here in season two. Um, but we'll have an upcoming episode. Um, I've already done it with um, Taylor from Third Wave Water, and I'll explain that in a second. Um, but but the way that I I say it is is like you know it's our coffee is 98 percent water, but we talk about the coffee part 98% of the time. You know, we don't talk about the actual water, but the water does make a difference. I think that peak water filter um, is a really good, easy entrance option as far as um, what you can do with your water. And the other thing um, that I would say is you could 
take um, basically demineralized um, water, which you can get in jugs at every grocery store, you know, and everywhere that you can find. Um, and there's this, there's a company called Third Wave Water, um, and you just, you add their little packet to the gallon jug, and it's the right parameters set by, like, for a coffee, it's called Specialty Coffee Association, SCA, that they say are the parameters that would make the, give you the best chance of getting whatever you can out of that cup, and whether it's doing that or doing some kind of filter like what uh, Michael was talking about, um, you can get that cup to taste closer to what you're going to get in the cafe. Whereas before I was, um, you know, before I knew more or as much as I do now about coffee, um, I couldn't get that cafe cup at home and I think it was the water you know I just didn't have because I was just using tap water and basically tap water they're just trying to make water that doesn't kill somebody and uh (laughs) you know it usually has it usually has a lot of calcium in it so everything's going to scale up um and so yeah it's not designed for your coffee absolutely and I think um you know, with it's nice with third wave water. That's mostly what I use. Is I get uh, we have reverse osmosis water at Bearcat, so I, I do the five gallon jugs. But they do have the one gallon packets and the five gallon packets. But it's nice because they do have like I have one hooked up to my espresso machine, a five gallon jug, and I have the third wave water packets. But it's the espresso profile. Yeah, and then we have another five gallon jug that. Uh, I use the classic profile for filter coffee. So yeah. I'm always bouncing between those and I, I, I kind of feel naked without it. You know, I, yeah. I, I always have, when I was in New York, I had 12, one gallon yeah. packets of the third wave water just with me at all times. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I don't want to have to worry about traveling with water. So I knew when I went to New York, I was like, all right, well, yeah. I'm going to be covering water for a few days where I was staying. So I went to, you know, Trader Joe's and got a bunch of uh, distilled water gallons. And, you know, I was like, all right, cool. I know I have my water taken care of. And third wave water is pretty much what they're using at most of these competitions anyway. So it just, it, it gives you some kind of controlled variable uh, wherever you are, where, you know, you can get the the best tasting cup and closest, like you're saying to that, that cup of coffee that you're going to be tasting at your local specialty coffee shop yeah, I think that's, that's a that's a great start. So, stick with us. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101, brought to you by Uncle Coffee. We're talking about everything that you need to make the perfect cup at home. One of those things is great coffee. Honestly, you can get great coffee from multiple places. Michael Matthews does a fantastic job with Alenia Coffee Roasters out of New Orleans. And Humble Coffee does a fantastic job. And I would recommend either of them if you're looking for that great coffee to have at home. Great cup of coffee starts with great beans. So check them out, Humble Coffee, as well as Alenia Coffee Roasters. Now let's get back to the interview. Yep. So the, um, you know, and and what Michael and I 
we'll do is we're going to we'll go through almost like the progression of the actual making that cup at home. So you've got the water. So the next thing is, obviously, you've got to have great coffee. Um, and great coffee is coffee that tastes good to you. That's basically what it boils down to. Absolutely. Do you have anything to add to that? I think for getting, you know, getting the freshest coffee, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Which you can look for a roasted on date if they have that. Um, That's usually, that usually inherently means it's probably going to be um, a better quality than if it has a best buy date. It's not always true, but that's a good litmus test. For sure. I, I always, I think, I think where the industry is going now is they're, they're doing all these nitrogen flush bags where they're like, okay, I don't need to put a roast date. I'm going to put a best buy date, whether it's a few yeah. months later. But typically I'm always looking for fresh roasted coffee. I never wanted to brew something that's within one, two, three days of roast. I do want to yeah. let it rest a little bit to kind of, for the acidity to settle down and you kind of, you know, it tastes tends to taste a little bit tinny, metallic at first until it has some yeah. some time with the gas and everything. But for for most pour overs, you know, filter coffee, I'm looking at anywhere peak freshness from like four to four days to two weeks off roast. Yeah. And then it's even if it's if it's outside that window, it's it's still gonna be a good cup of coffee. Uh it doesn't have to be within that that time frame, but that's just when you know you're probably going to get your peak uh, flavor profile for that particular coffee. So, and you know, if there's, I, I think I used to always go to when I was getting into tasting different coffee, I'm like, cool. Well, I see all these cool flavor notes on these bags, uh, going to your local roaster and talking to them being like, look, like this is the kind of coffee I like. Do you have any recommendations? And having them kind of maybe point you in the right direction, just be like, look, I'm just getting into coffee. Yeah. Uh, that's what I normally drink at home. And, you know, the cool part about uh, my restaurant, Bearcat, is we get a lot of people coming to New Orleans for uh, New Orleans dark roast or yeah. coffee with chicory. chicory and yeah. they might be used to drinking like a darker roasted coffee. So kind of my mindset for you know i saw i source certain coffees for just alinea and then i source some different coffees for bearcat and i'm always looking just for that like classic flavor profile like yeah. milder um central american coffees that are, are pretty like chocolatey and nutty and it, it's it's fun watching people come in and be like i want new orleans dark roast like i'm here in new orleans and then you know, I don't really do too many dark roasts, but I always try to have like a nice wash Central American on yeah. drip or something. And they're just like, I've never had coffee like like this is such a like this is the best cup of coffee I had, or it's just way better than what I'm drinking at home. Right. And then you kind of like get their wheels turning and everything. Yeah. And then they're they start being like, Okay, well, I didn't taste that bitterness. Maybe I can, you know, start looking for I didn't know I liked medium roast or something like that. So you yeah. kind of get it's it's fun to get the wheels turning when you or maybe if somebody's drinking the coffee, you'd be like, oh, this is what you know. This is the flavor notes I'm getting, and then you see that like even the most average coffee consumer, you see the uh-huh wheels start moment. turning, yeah, and they're like that that aha, uh-huh, and they're like, yeah. I do taste that, and then they're more aware of like, hey, this isn't just a cup of brown energy water. 
Yeah. There's actually some some nuanced flavors in there that now they're they're coming in. They're like, okay, well, I don't want to drink it with cream or sugar. I want to start tasting these notes. So yeah. uh, that's that's my favorite part about sitting there and serving someone the coffee is kind of you know getting getting that aha moment that I once had, yeah. and watching them kind of you know get on their journey. So well, and a couple of things um, with what Michael said there, uh, some people. I have seen they, you know, they want that coffee like a, a day off of roast because, you know, they're thinking this this is the freshest coffee and this is amazing. But you actually do want to let it, we would call degas um, for about three to five days um, because it will taste different. If you ever get a chance to taste a coffee on day one or two and then taste it on day six, anybody can tell a difference. Um, you can you definitely tell a difference. And I, I personally think coffees, and we're talking about whole bean coffee, um, is good. It was really good up through at about, I'd say, at least three months, um, you know, from the roast. And, and it is what we call shelf-stable and still very good, um, you know, six up to six months, um, you know, from the roast. Um, it just depends you know, on what you're looking for. And in part of what we were saying, you know, and, and Michael talked about the little one-way valve that you'll see on the bags of coffee. That's like a little, it's like, a, uh, it lets all the oxygen is like the devil when it comes to staling coffee. So it lets all the oxygen out. Uh, some companies will even what we call nitrogen flush the inside to purge it before they seal it. But the other thing that you may want to get at home, but you don't have to because you can keep it in the coffee bag if you want, is an actual storage container. Um, so you want to hit on that a little bit? Yeah, I think I think there's some different options. So most most bags from specialty roasters will have the degassing valve, which I think is like bottom of the line. Like, cool, I'm going to leave it on the counter. Maybe try to buy it in smaller quantities to kind of get the freshest bag possible but you know you can even go to places like home goods or tj maxx even and you can get those you know or the grocery store and you can get those little airtight containers i think that's an option it it depends how fancy you want to get and you know i think the 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 more the fresher the coffee you want you can even get some fancy ones that you probably don't need that do have it's it's like an airtight container but it does have a degassing valve on that as well so yeah. i don't think I've, that's completely necessary i just i think i've like got you, one i've got one because it just looks cool i've got one i mean it actually does a really good job but it's from a fellow stag and it's just yeah. a a really hip and cool like black you know, canister and it's got a little thing on the top that you can like go back and forth and it vacuums out everything, um, to keep it. And, and another thing with your storage container is if you have the choice between something that is like, we'll say glass all the way to completely dark, um, you won't completely dark because light is another thing that will stale or stale coffee or, or like, quicken that you know degradation process so uh so that's really it as far as like storage containers um 
So now, and this is like, you know, some people, they're like, well, I don't need a scale, but but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say you need a scale. What do you think, Michael? I, I'd say definitely get a scale. I think, you know, I've, I've I started off with like a, a $20 scale off Amazon that I still have three or four years later. And yeah. I would make sure that I think it, it it's great because I think there are so many variables when brewing coffee that in order to get the ultimate consistency, you want to have, you want to control as many variables as you can. So knowing they have what's called coffee to water ratios, which is a, rather than saying, Hey, I think most people recommend two tablespoons of ground coffee. If you didn't have a scale per cup of water, it's kind of like a starting point for the average consumer. But if you really want to know, okay, like I know I have the same amount of coffee going in every time. And I know I have the same amount of water going into that every time, you know, the typical brewing ratio, I think for most filtered coffee is one to 15 up to maybe one to 17, one to 18. And what that means for every gram of coffee, say we do a one to 15 ratio for every gram of coffee, you're going to have 15 grams of water. And that's, that's just to say, Hey, you know, and, and and you can, they'll get different flavor outputs. You know, Mm -hmm. some will be a little bit more intense with a little bit of a tighter ratio. And I think, uh, it, 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 it's kind of like, okay, it, okay. Sometimes my coffee is really watered down. Maybe you use too much water, but in order to kind of get consistent results and I think having a scale is absolutely essential to, to, to getting some good tasting cups of coffee and just to start letting you play with different ratios to find out what you like. And yeah. then once you find out what you like, you're like, okay, I'm going it, to, it's repeatable every time. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it takes the guesswork out of it. Yeah. Know? I think the, um, I think a scale is good. Um, and what you're talking about taking the guesswork out of it. I, the other way I think about it is, um, it like takes one thing out of the equation. So like if you, if your coffee doesn't taste the way you think it should, um, cup to cup, but you know for sure that you got your brew ratio correct, then there's something else off. I mean, we'll talk about some other things here in a second, like your grinder and stuff like that. But um, it just takes one thing out of the equation. And and the the last thing I'll say about scale is um, it is helpful for it to go like one like one decimal point. So like to the point one gram um, instead of it being like. 17, 18, 19, 18.2, 18.3, because, because you're only talking about, for most cups of coffee, you're talking about, we'll say 18 grams um, of coffee. And so, you know, I don't know, it can make a little difference, you know. Anyway, that's that's my two cents on that, or my 2.1 cents on that. Okay, (laughs) let's talk about grinders. Why, like, you can get ground coffee. And if it tastes good to you, again, we're going to say that's fantastic. And then you can just fast forward the next couple of minutes. But if you want to get a little more fragrance and aroma, um, you want to get a little more taste, I think, in your cup, you want to uh, 
preserve the freshness of your beans, um, you're going to want them to be whole bean and you're going to want to grind them. So tell us about grinders. Oh, there are a bunch of options. I think getting into it, I get a lot of people coming into the restaurant messaging me. They're like, is the spice grinder okay? I have the spice (laughs) grinder. I always try to steer people away from the spice grinder. Yeah. Uh, it, I think for the same price as the spice grinder, you can find a grinder that actually has what they call burrs, yeah. uh, which will either be flat or conical shaped. But rather than just having this spinning razor blade where you're, the beans are just bouncing everywhere, the, the ultimate goal with grinding your own coffee and, and getting a good cup is grinding a, a better grinder is going to give you more equal particle size. Correct. And I think yep. if you have, you know, what I find with spice grinders is some people are like, Oh, well I just hold it down for a minute instead of a few seconds. But if you look closely, you're going to see some really big pieces. You're going to see some really fine pieces and everything in between. And what that is going to do is you're going to get, you're going to be extracting those different size grounds differently. So Correct. The bigger pieces are going to, you know, not the, the finer, the, the bigger pieces are not going to extract that well. And then the really fine ones are going to over extract. So yeah. you're going to get all kinds of uh, bitterness, sour notes, the, the coffee is going to be tasting a little bit more hollow, but I think, the best thing when when I was first getting into brewing, I had a little cheap DeLonghi espresso machine and I went ahead and just bought I was like, I can't get the grinder right, nothing works, all these cups taste bad. So I went ahead and just spent a little bit of money on the grinder and that made a whole different mm-hmm. uh it opened up a whole different world of I was like, okay, this is actually a decent shot of espresso, even though I still don't know what I'm doing. And it came down to, even if I did a coarser setting, the bigger particles were all similar in size. Yeah. And when I went really fine, they were all similar in size. So, I mean, they even have, if you don't want something taking up counter space, I remember I bought a $25 uh, hand grinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, worked like a charm and i had that thing for two years and it's got little click settings yeah and you can bring it anywhere that's the best part about it and if if you go on a bunch of road trips it's super easy to throw in your bag bring your bag of beans and you can get pretty good results even with a cheaper hand grinder but that i think that's a better bet than a spice grinder but uh the the grinder i always recommend too is kind of like hey this is great for pour overs French press, cold brew, like pretty much everything but espresso is the Barazza Encore grinder. Yeah. That is the the best thing I ever bought. And it's such an easy grinder to work with. Anybody, you can show anybody how to use it. And they have so much, so many resources online, including their website being like, hey, this is what we use for French press. This is what, and the consistency in the grind size is so good for how inexpensive that grinder is. And I yeah. think you having the option to grind your coffee at home, the ones at the grocery store, it, it if you don't want to buy a grinder at all, you can grind it at the grocery store. Right. But 
those or if you get it from like your local like coffee shop then and you want it ground i mean a lot of times they'll grind it for you just on the spot before you leave yeah and that that's you know that that, that's always great because they often know exactly how that coffee needs to be ground for yeah you know they're like hey you know this is i have a little toddy cold brewer at home what would you recommend for this? I'll just be like, cool, I got you. Yeah. Or French press or, you know, uh, mocha pot. Like they're normally pretty, a pretty good uh, person to ask and recommend a grind setting to. And yeah. then, uh, you know, if you're having issues, uh, you know, if your coffee's tasting too, you know, too thin, too sour, grind a little bit finer. Correct. If it's yeah. tasting a little too bitter, Grind it a little bit coarser. You know, yeah. it's it's it, it gives you it gives you more time to play with different grind sizes and and, and just experiment. And yeah, and you know what what you're what you're saying. Uh, well, a couple of things. Um, I think that's a very good point as far as if it tastes you know a little too light or tea like or citrusy or whatever. Um, or is or the grounds are going or the water's going through too fast then you know grind it finer next time and if it's um if it's like it tastes like you have this this bitter after note that kind of lingers in your mouth um or you're doing your pour over and the water like never goes through then grind it coarser um and then to back up a little bit um when Michael's talking about spice grinder um, you'll also see people describe it as like a blade grinder. So there's like blade grinder and there's burr grinders and the burrs are like two little wheels. Well, the blade is like this little whirly bird and it does do very different, um, grind sizes that are not consistent. So you will over extract some and under extract some. And so you'll get some different, different flavors, um, you know, in that cup. Um, and then, the burr grinders are like little wheels and they just let that exact grind size get through. Um, and it's fairly consistent. Um, I also use a Baratza Encore grinder at home. Um, I use a hand grinder, uh, for when I'm traveling and like you said, they're cheap. I have a Hario one, but, um, I was actually looking um, I've actually never tried one, but there's a company that I've seen a lot called Commandante. Have you ever I tried? Use, I, use, I use mine religiously, and like, is it often, is it, it? Do you think? Okay, seriously, like, is it marketing or is it really a better hand grinder? It's incredible. Okay, um, okay. Well, I'm gonna get one. I'm gonna I, get one, and I'll put know, a it, link. It was, so it it was so hard during the pandemic to that's when i was trying to get one and does that it was does it order. make it easier to just like do the grind because i like I, i'm i'm skinny i don't have much muscle i get sore and i have to it's switch so hands. it's 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 so easy and it, it's okay. it's you such a, me. A, a part of my morning ritual like i uh people laugh at me because they'll come over i have like a fellow ode grinder yeah. i have the new zero uh, the Barazza Encore, and they see all these grinders, and then I pull out the Commandante, and I'm yeah. like, you know, talking to them, and they're like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> like, you have all these things. I'm like, "No, but this is better." And it's, it's, it's such a well built, and people look at the price on them. You know, I think they're about 
180, 200 bucks. And I'm like, that's insane. It's one of the most well-built hand grinders and the burrs are so sharp and it, it's, it's really effortless to grind even some very lightly roasted, really dense, hard beans. Yeah. Um, it feels so good in your hand as well. Yeah. And okay. you have a little, a little wheel, it gives you back, okay, it go, they call it clicks. So they'll be like, all right, you know, most of the pour overs I'm doing are, you know, between 20 and 30 clicks, but it's, it's a relatable thing because it, the sharing of knowledge, sometimes different grinders, the blades might be a little misaligned. They're not mm-hmm. calibrated the right way. So if you're like, Hey, this is the grind setting I use on my grinder. If you're trying to make a recommendation, the only consistency I've found is the commandante settings where it's like, it's, they can't really get uncalibrated mm. in my experience. Yeah. And, um, the grind size, like the, the, the particle size, it, uh, it's so consistent yeah. at course all the way to super fine. And you can even do, I wouldn't, uh, most people use them for, for Turkish coffees with yeah. a brutes, but it, if you, if you try to grind 10 grams on like the fine, like it might take you 10, 15 minutes to grind it. But, uh, in, I use my commandante at least once a day. That's and, crazy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I, I didn't think I would, I, I think out of all the, the, the brewing equipment I have and grinders and stuff. It's one of my favorite uh, pieces. Pieces. Uh, it's just it yeah. feels everything feels good, and I love how it looks. Um, and it's it's so well built. Yeah. That. But I don't think I, th- I think that is a great fun tool for a coffee nerd who's like I I know I want to have the best travel grinder possible that I don't have to yeah. plug into a wall. Yeah, like I've even used the Commandante like on my flight to South Africa. Yeah, I think the, the flight attendants like had an Aeropress and a. <laughs> like, is this is this guy like, you That's know, making awesome. a bomb or something? Like, what is he doing? Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah. I ended up going to the to like the bathroom and like trying to grind it just to be like quiet and like not bother people and have you know people be like, what's this guy doing over here? That's hilarious. Uh, well, but, listen. Uh, so we've talked yeah. about we talked about the water. We talked about the beans, we talked about the storage, we talked about the scale, and we talked about the grinder. So we're going to stop right here, and we're going to pick right back up next week. And uh, we will continue talking about all the home essentials because, like, we're basically, we're, we're summarizing almost the entirety of Season 2. So, Michael, we will see you next week. Thank you, Kenneth. It's a pleasure. So that's Michael Matthews. Yeah, he sounds cool. Yeah, he's a he's a really good guy, really knowledgeable, um, very easy to talk to, knows what he's doing. Um, and, you know, two of the big things we talked about today, of course, beans, everybody knows that, but, but kind of that incognito but important thing, and we'll talk about it a lot more in depth in an upcoming episode is water and how yeah. important water can be. Yeah, I never thought about water being important. I mean, yeah. I know like that's how you make it, but yeah, you know. But you know, you've been places where water's terrible. Oh, I know. I hate bad water. But it's I mean, not even worth it. 
it makes up like 98% of your cup of coffee. So yeah, that's true. It can make a big difference in, Mm -hmm. you know, how it tastes. So yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time that we have today. So if you could do us a favor, follow us on Apple podcast or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and do us a couple of other things. If you give us writing, even if you could actually write something like, man, I think Kenneth's voice is okay, but Katie has a phenomenal voice and love what y'all do. Um, and then give us a rating. That would be awesome. And if you could just tell a friend and, uh, imaginary cookies to you, if you can tell three friends, we just want to spread coffee education and cookies (laughs) and cookies. All right. Till next time. Love y'all. Sayonara.